this morning. Okay, or whatever. Okay. Hi, I'm Anne. My name is Anne Hansen. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm happy to be with you guys. Um, I get to bring you part three of I Can Relate, our relationship series. And a couple weeks ago, John told a story about losing Toby, and then he forgot to tell you what happened at the end. So I wanted to tell you that Toby was at the lodge like the whole time. So he was totally fine. But um, I have my own stories of losing Toby. I don't know what it is about like Toby and us. Like we always lose him. So I've lost him at the grocery store. Um, I've lost him at um, you know the crosswalk thing that happens in Temecula on Easter. I lost him there. Like full on lost him. Um, that's why I don't go to that anymore. Uh, I lost him at um, Disneyland. We were walking back from Disneyland to um, the the Mickey and Friends park structure. And we were almost back to the parking structure. And then one of the other kids, he was 12 years old, he's like, where's Toby? I'm like, oh, Toby! I only have three. It's not like I have like that many kids. <laughs> but um, I looked at my phone, and there were all these missed messages from Toby saying, hey, mom, I'm at Hagen dazs <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> I went in and looked at the ice cream. Mom, come back for me. I'm like, ah! <laughs> so, Yeah. You know, I'm in good company because Mary actually lost Jesus for a couple days. And so, you know, it's in the Bible. Guys, it's biblical to lose your children. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, um, you know, there's a song that we like to sing at, at Center Point, and it goes, Lord, you have never failed me yet. You know that song? Okay, but truly, in our families, we end up failing each other almost every day, right? Yeah, it's kind of rough. But the thing is... Um, None of us are perfect, and none of our families are perfect, because perfect is a lie from the pit of hell, you know? So I just want to break that off of all of us right now. I know that family is like a high, like it could be like a tense topic for a lot of us because of pain or whatever, but I just want to break off that lie of perfect over any of us. Um, We're all human, and you know, I wouldn't want the perfect kid, actually, because how boring would that be? Right? I have three kids, they all bring their own flavors and colors, and I would never want a perfect kid. I want my kid, you know? And I, I think that they would want their mom, not a perfect mom, right? And then I was like, Hee! I was like writing this on my sermon, and then um, I'm like, you know, I should fact check this, so let me text my kids. So I texted Toby and Noah yesterday, um, and I said, question, would you rather have a perfect mom or your current mom? Honest answers only, right? Noah is brilliant. He, he goes philosophical. What if? What if your current mom is the perfect mom? (laughs) Good one, Noah. Good one. (laughs) Thanks, Noah. And then Toby, because he literally has like a gun. Like, do you want to eat tonight or not? Do you want your mom or or your perfect mom? And he's like, "Uh, I want my current mom. So so that's that's what went down. I'm teaching you communication 101, guys. Okay, just kidding. Uh, Don't do that. That's just... Yeah, I was just joking. Okay, but you know, sometimes like weeks and uh, weaknesses and dips can be the spice of life. And um, these are areas where, um, you know, when we're weak, God is strong, right? And I really believe that in our weaknesses, in our little dips, like God is made strong. And, um, you know, when Shiloh was nine years old one time, um, she was just talking to me and she's like, you know what, mama? Bad choices make really good stories. And I'm like, You're so right. Like, boom, mic drop from a nine-year-old, guys. Sometimes bad choices make the best stories. And so I just want to take the pressure off of all of us. When we're talking about our families, don't worry. God loves all of us, you know? Um, 
was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We have the families that we have. And, you know, God has given us the families that have, whether it's a traditional family or whether it's like a blended up family or whether it's a blended again, blended up family or whether it's like at this point we have our friends as our family. Whatever it is that we are calling family right now, I really believe that it's a gift from God. And it's a gift that needs to be honored, valued, protected, and um, really sewn into. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay. So in the book of Nehemiah, there's this man named Nehemiah, and he heard that Jerusalem, the city of God, the people of God, they were in ruins. And this really grieved this man, Nehemiah. So he made it his mission. He's like, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to build the walls of Jerusalem. And as he did that, he faced a ton of opposition. It was very, very difficult for him. So we're going to read out of Nehemiah, starting from chapter 4, verse 14. So then as I looked over the situation, this is Nehemiah speaking, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that is my main idea for today is fight for your family with blessing. So if you're taking notes, you can fill that in. Fight for your family with blessing. And because I have my own family, I can understand that we can have a lot of fighting in our family, but I'm asking us to fight for our family. Yeah, we've all been there. We, you know, we can struggle with one another. Um, I had some people over at my house on Labor Day, and um, one of them said, like, hey, what's up with, like, the cameras in your house? <laughs> like, oh, our kids were fighting so much, we had to install cameras. Like, who, who's, like, who's punching who first, right? So trust me, the pastor's family understands fighting, okay? So, um, but... As, yeah, okay. But I'm asking for you to fight for your family. Don't lose the battle of your family. Uh, a lot of us as Christians, and I don't know why this is, we're so content to look good on the outside and then to have hell in our homes. And I, you know, it's hypocrisy. It's never the heart of God. And I'm asking us to change it, to fight for our families, to fight for God's best in our families. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And here's another thing. Fighting for our families is a long-term investment. It's a long-term investment because relationships and families can go like this, like, uh, you know, and, and just goes up and down, front and back, backwards and forwards. And we don't want to make our long-term decisions based on a short-term reality. You know, things suck right now, so I'm out. No, I want us to think about our families as a long-term investment and to decide for ourselves. We're going to sign up for the long haul. We're in it for the long haul. We're going to make this investment over the span of our lives. <laughs> Nehemiah said, don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, sons, daughters, wives, and homes. And so Nehemiah, in his day, he was 
fighting, and he had very specific enemies. They were the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites, all these like people that were coming against him when he was rebuilding like the city of God and the family of God. But for us, I really believe that we also have current day enemies. It's not going to be the Arabs and the Ammonites, but we have our own version of current day enemies to our families. And so I asked the Lord about this, and I came up with a list. This is what I believe is what we're facing in our current day family. We have unrepented sin. We have generational sins. We just have some really bad habits and some really bad patterns in our homes. We have doubt, cynicism, unbelief, hopelessness, like, oh, my family is hopeless, can't do anything about it. Powerlessness is the same thing. Like, I'm just powerless to do anything to change my family. It is what it is. I think busyness, that that affects me a lot. I feel convicted about that enemy. Um, Disappointment. A lot of us are carrying around a disappointment about what we think our family should be. And then selfishness, just plain old, old old-fashioned selfishness, right? Can anyone relate to any of these? Yeah, these are our current day enemies, and we have to remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. He is great and glorious, and fight for your families. So here's the thing about our family. We might all have an ideal for our family, and it might be a really good ideal. Like, family should look like this. And it should be like this, and I should have this, and and our our culture should be like this. And those might all be right and good, but I'm asking you today, don't worship your ideal. Do not worship your ideal, because as you do that, you will lose the battle of your family, right? You will forsake what you have right in front of you. You won't be able to have a grateful heart for what God has actually given you. So do not worship the ideal, right? Give thanks for what God has given you right in front of your face. Fight for your family. I'm going to have us read this priestly blessing all together. It comes from Numbers chapter 6, starting from verse 22. So read with me, okay? Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Amen. That's so good. And I really believe that in this passage of scripture, God is giving us a strategy to fight for our families through this priestly blessing. And so I want to go into this like um, line by line. So let's start back with number 624 and just repeat this with me again. May the Lord bless you and protect you. So in this, may the Lord bless you and protect you, is my first sub point is to strengthen the fortress. If you're taking notes, strengthen the fortress. And like I said, families are not um, an ideal place, but it's a place where you can be real, Right? And I don't think the world wants more fake. I don't think the world wants more filters. You know, I don't think the world wants more image. I think we're all craving for what's real. 
And in families, you get the real deal. It's real. <laughs> it's not filtered at all. It's real. And God created families to be born from love, right? And, a, you know, a nest is built from broken branches. Yeah. And we can build beautiful families from flawed people. We can do it. That's God's design for us. Flawed people that can make a beautiful home, a beautiful family. Um, And a fortress, if we're thinking about fortress, we're saying strengthen the fortress. A fortress is a highly protected place. It's a place of provision. It's a place of rest. It's a place of comfort. You can um, be seen, known, valued, loved. And that's really what our family is supposed to be. We're supposed to protect and strengthen the fortress. In Romans 12, 10, it says this, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And what I really believe is that strong families, we all want a strong family, right? A strong family is not about like, you know, how few mistakes we make or how perfect we can be or how perfect our children's behavior is. But I really believe like strong families are all about the level of devotion that we have to one another, like the depths of our love that we have for each other. Amen? Amen. We're all going to go through hard times. We're all going to go through dips. That's the reality of life. But a strong family is devoted. A strong family is committed. A strong family loves. And so, you know, with families, we have a deep, deep covenant to one another. We have each other's name. We have each other's blood. (laughs) Like there's a deep level of covenant commitment there. And when you are brought into the family of God, you have the most powerful blood, Jesus' blood, right? And in that, you were also saved to a family. Like God knew how important family was to us. So he created like two families, right? You have your own immediate family, but then you also have the family of God, And in the family of God, you have mothers, you have fathers, you have brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandfathers, grandmothers, because he knew how much we needed to be strengthened by our families. Yeah. Do you remember in Lion King, any any Lion King fans here? Yeah, I love that movie. I like the animated version better, but okay. So there's this moment, this picture where, um, is it Simba is raised up by Rafiki, the baboon? And it's like this glorious moment, and the song is like, and it's like this, wow, like this, this, this song to like declare, to bring them into, um, to bring this guy and to announce him into the world. And it's like, I, I want to be like that. I want to be like celebrated and like brought like that and just honored like that. And then I found out the words of the song. <laughs> Guess what it means, guys? Doesn't it sound so glorious, but it just means like, here comes the lion. Yeah, it's a lion. Isn't that hilarious? What a disappointment, guys. Okay. Right? Sometimes our families can be like a disappointment like that, like very anticlimactic, right? And sometimes the pain is so unbearable, you just want to like shut off your heart. You want to just like phone it in and just go into like auto, autopilot. Like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. My heart is not connected. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work and I'm going to, you know, provide, but that's it, you know? But I don't believe that that's God's design for us. I don't think that that's God's best for us. And so I'm asking you to strengthen the fortress. 
Fight for your families. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's move to our next one. Number 625. And say this with me. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. For me in my life, the Lord's smile and his grace to me represents his forgiveness. And so my second point is this. Make forgiveness and repentance the norm. Make forgiveness and repentance the norm. I have some props with me today. Yeah. Okay, so I grew up in a family where forgiveness was not the norm. And what we did was we held grudges, guys. It's like this coat. Like, it just feels very, like, familiar and what I'm used to. Like, we did not forgive one another. We held grudges. And we didn't talk about things. And we swept things under the rug. We never took responsibility for our lives. You know, it was a lot of outbursts of anger. That was normal. Just like this coat, like, I love this coat, but I am also aware that it's the color of, like, baby poop, right? <laughs> and, and that's kind of like what this coat represents, like my old norm. If you don't make forgiveness and repentance your norm, something else is the norm, you know? And I got to take this off because if I'm not careful, I'm going to pass this on to my kids, right? If I'm not careful, this is their legacy. and This is what I'm going to give them. So I got to take this sucker off. You know, even though it's really cozy and it's my favorite coat, it really is, guys. It's okay, but anyway, okay, I'm going to take it off. In Colossians 3, it says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and give and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Okay, so I have this other coat that I don't like as much because I didn't grow up with it. But this is like the most Christian coat you can ever find. It's red, like the blood of Jesus, right? It's like wool, lamb of God. Christian humor, guys. Okay, no, just kidding. But anyway, okay, enough. Okay. But I got to put this coat on. But you know what? I'm not comfortable with this coat. It's kind of like a newer coat, and it's a little bit itchy. And, um, but I got to put this on because this is my new coat, and I got to put on tenderhearted mercy. You know, even if it doesn't feel like so comfortable yet, I got to put on kindness. I got to put on humility. I got to put on gentleness and patience. I have to make allowances for their faults, my faults. I got to forgive. And this new norm, this new norm of make forgiveness and repentance your norm, this new norm of forgiveness says, I put everything under the blood of Jesus. I forgive you. Doesn't red look good on me, guys? Red, red looks good on you too, guys. Red, blood of Jesus, right? Put everything, make forgiveness and repentance your new norm, right? There's another scripture, Acts 3. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Wow. 
this new norm of repentance says, and, and like I said, I didn't grow up this way, but this new norm of repentance says, I'm sorry, I, I, I hurt you, and what I did to you was awful. I damaged you, and I take full responsibility for what I did. Can you forgive me, please? I acknowledge it was my fault, and I take full responsibility. Wouldn't that bring so much like peace to you if you heard your family members say that to you? Yeah, and we get to do that for each other. Yeah, times of refreshing. This is a promise from God's word. Repent, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come. You know, with kids, things are more caught than taught. So make sure that you're living this new norm of forgiveness and repentance. You know, I asked the Holy Spirit before I preached today, I said, Holy Spirit, go out before me and speak to every single person who needs to hear and convict us, who do we need to forgive today? Holy Spirit, come speak. Who do we need to forgive today? And where do we need to repent, God? And so if the Spirit of God is speaking to you today, I'm asking you to do it. Obey today. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask your, your, your family member to forgive you and repent, okay? And for those of you who are sitting here going, you know, it's, it's too late for me because my kids are all grown and, you know, I can't make forgiveness and repentance the new norm. Um, I reject that kind of thinking in the name of Jesus. It's never too late with the Lord. It's never too late with the Lord. You know, two weeks ago, I had coffee with one of my friends. I'm going to call her Peggy because that's not her name. Um, but Peggy told me that, you know, for the last two years, she's been tormented by this memory. And I said, oh my gosh, like, well, what, what are you being tormented by? Because she's one of the greats. Like, I really adore this girl so much, right? She's amazing. She goes, I've been tormented by this memory of when I was really little, and it was me and my two sisters, and she grew up in a very violent, abusive home. So her mom lined these girls up and said, and was berating them for hours and hours, asking for one of them to confess to the crime of whatever this simple little thing was that one of the girls did. Well, it was Peggy who did it, right? But she was scared to death of her mom because like I said, her mom was very violent. So she kept her mouth shut. She's like, I can't, I cannot, I cannot face my mom's wrath. So finally, after hours and hours of being berated, her sister confessed. And her sister got the beating of her life. So much so that she even like urinated all over herself because it was so brutal. And my friend Peggy says, you know, two years ago, the Lord reminded me of what I did and I have not been able to like shake it. You know, I feel like, I know, I know God forgives me, but I, I can't shake it, right? And I said, you know what? I think you need to just go to your sister and confess to her, repent, just say, I'm sorry. Come what may. I really believe the Holy Spirit brought it up to you because he wants to set you free, because he wants to heal you. Holy Spirit does not bring things to you to torment you. He brings things so that he can set you free, right? So she's like, I'm scared. I've never told anybody about this. And she was crying. And I said, girl, you can do this, right? So on Tuesday, she had a meeting with her sister, and she just laid it out. She said, you know what? That was me. I'm so sorry. I let you take that brutal, brutal punishment. I let you 
have that kind of beating and I never took responsibility. Can you forgive me? I'm so sorry. I've had this secret for over 30 years and I'm sorry. Can you please forgive me? And guess what her sister did? Her sister said, I forgive you. I have no anger towards you. I completely forgive you. I've been curious <laughs> for the last 30 years. <laughs> Who did it? Because I know I did it, right? <laughs> but I forgive you. And if I have any anger, it'd be towards mom. Because she didn't have to raise us with that kind of brutality. But towards you, I forgive you. I forgive you completely. And so I'm here to tell you that forgiveness and making forgiveness and repentance the norm in your family, it's not too late. It's not too late with the Lord. Amen? Amen. And then my third point is this. Champion real freedom. Champion real freedom. So read number six with me. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And so for me, the favor of God is freedom. Freedom, and may he give you his peace. And freedom, it's not just freedom to be crazy, but freedom to truly be the Jesus version of ourselves. I love this theologian. His name is Soren Kierkegaard. And there's this quote that he says, now with God's help, I shall become myself. It's so like mind-blowing, right? Because that's the only thing God ever wanted for us. It's like, with his help, I shall become myself, the Jesus version, what God always intended for all of us to become, right? And families are God's way of allowing this to happen. We become socialized in our families. Like Our families are kind of like a lifelong support group, right, for, for how to be, how to have like people skills. And in Galatians 5, it says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh because that is bondage. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So in families, we're learning to manage our freedoms. We're learning what the boundaries are, right? And our ultimate boundary is love. Does it advance love? Proceed right? Does it not advance love? Pull back, right? And we get to learn this in the context of our family. And I really believe God has a specific plan for each family. And you might think your family is so jacked up, but listen, God has a specific plan for your family as well. He never gives up on us. Amen. I heard an amen. Yay, you're with me? Who's that? Thank you, God. Okay, anyway. Uh, so also, um, I'm teaching an identity class. It starts tomorrow night. It's seven weeks. If you want to learn more about the family of God, who you are in Christ, sign up online. Okay. And in learning how to manage our freedom, we also need discipline. When we're giving timeouts to like our kids, you know, when they do something wrong and they're, and they're facing consequences, we're preventing them from having to do like prison as adults because that's like an adult timeout. You know what I mean? So we're teaching them as kids, like discipline. And that's part of um, championing real freedom is learning um, our limits and learning how to manage our freedom. In Hebrews 12, 8, it says this. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, 
It means you are illegitimate, and you are not really his children at all. And let that hit you hard, because <laughs> if God doesn't discipline you, that means you're not his kid. If he disciplines you, that means you're his kid. I have this one kid who's like kind of hard, one of, one of my children. I'm not going to tell you who, okay, <laughs> but he's, he gives me troubles. It's not you, okay? <laughs> but it's this one that uh, he challenges me. And like, you know, we get into it. And I'm really, I just want to be like, I'm done with you. And sometimes in like the heat of the moment, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done talking to you. I- I'm done. I'm walking away. And sure enough, this kid always comes out to me. Mom, teach me. Show me, teach me what's right. I'm like, why do you have to say that to me? I just want to be alone. I just want you to like leave me. But, but that's really what championing real freedom is, right? It's discipline. I love you enough to pour into you and to discipline you when you're doing the wrong thing. I love you enough to have the hard conversations that I'd rather not have because if I didn't care about you, I could easily walk away. You know, but championing real freedom means discipline, taking the time to discipline, taking the time to have the hard conversations with one another. Fight for your family with blessing. There is a priestly blessing here. Strengthen the fortress. Make forgiveness and repentance your norm. And then champion real freedom. Amen? Amen. Okay? I am praying that at the end of our lives, we're able to stand before the Lord and be able to say this to the Lord. I have fought the good fight for my family. I have finished the race with my family. And I have remained faithful to my family. Amen? I'm praying for this, that we can say this together. I have fought the good fight for my family. I have finished the race with my family, and I have remained faithful to my family. Can we pray? Lord, I thank you that families are your brilliant idea. Thank you, God, that you love families so much, that you love to take flawed people, broken, weak people, and put us together to make a beautiful family. Thank you, God. And so, Lord, we just take a minute to just ask for your help in our families in whatever crisis, whatever situation, whatever thing we're facing, God, We want to remember you, the great and glorious God, and to fight for our families, God. And for everyone here who is hurting about their family, God, I'm asking that you would come with your healing touch to bring help, to bring life back to our families, Lord. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do, Lord. And I I had a couple things that the Lord gave me. And this song was in my head last night. It's, 
like a bridge over troubled waters i will lay me down and i think some of us need to lay ourselves down today for the sake of our families i think we need to lay down some of our selfishness some of our disappointment some of our pain some of our worshiping of our ideals and i think it's time today to lay ourselves down in a sacrificial way to fight for our families and to sign up again today to say i'm in i'm in i'm making a long-term commitment to my family if that's you i want you to just pray right now and say jesus this is me i'm committing again to doing this family thing with these flawed people who drive me up the wall but who are still completely lovable. If that's you, say yes. Say yes to the Lord. There was this other song and I don't know why the Lord kept speaking to me in songs this weekend, but there's this song like I'm so unworthy but still you love me. And and those lines like I'm so unworthy. I think that God wants to acknowledge that there's some of us here that have disqualified ourselves because of feeling unworthy. But the Lord's word over you is that he still loves us and there's still a place for you in your family. So break off that demonic spirit of worthlessness and receive what God has for you, a place in God's family, a place in your own family. And just say yes. Say yes to what God wants to do for you. There might be some people here today that you've just never said yes to Jesus, to being your Lord and Savior. And so I'm going to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed just to make a commitment to Jesus today. Maybe you're making a recommitment to Jesus, but whatever it is, if you need the forgiveness of God, if you need wrong things to be made right in your life, if the weight of your sin has been crushing you, all you need to do is say yes to Jesus, to his forgiveness, to his blood covering you, washing over all of your sins. So if anyone here wants to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand right now and just say yes. Yes, God. Yes, thank you for thank you for those hands in the back. Thank you. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Thank you. I see you right there too. Thank you. Jesus is the answer. So Jesus, we open up our hearts to you. We're done living separate from you, God. We need you to make your home inside of our hearts god we open up ourselves to you god and we say invade jesus invade every part the broken parts the sinful parts the evil parts the hopeless parts the devastated parts the wounded parts god come in lord make wrong things right because you can jesus and so we give you your rightful place in our lives as lord and as savior as god 
as our father, as our defender, our advocate, our friend. And we give you your place in our, in our homes, in our lives, in our hearts, Jesus. Come have your way. We love you. We love you, Lord. There's no one like you, God. Thank you, Lord, that we are people of hope. And we carry hope. We declare hope over our families in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.